Welcome to the podcast of Christ Church in Town in Jacksonville, Florida. We are seeking the renewal of all things in Jesus Christ. Towards that end, we are committed to cultivating personal transformation in Christ, an uncommon fellowship of racially and economically diverse individuals, and the flourishing of our neighbors. To join our local body in membership or financial support, visit ChristChurchInTown.org. This week we will continue in our teaching series in the book of Acts that we have titled uh, Purpose and Power. We find about information about the early church, the spread of the early church, and some of the persecution that the early church faced. So this week we are continuing in that series in the book of Acts, and we will be in chapter 23, and I'm asking all those that are can who are willing and able to please stand for the reading of God's word. And looking intently at the council, Paul said, brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Are you standing to judge me according to the law? And yet, contrary to the law, you ordered me to be struck. Those who stood by said, would you revile the God's high priest? And Paul said, I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest. It is written, you should not speak evil of a ruler of your people. Now, when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, He cried out in the council, brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees. It is is with respect to the hope and resurrection of the dead that I am on trial. And when he said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees said, there is no no registration. No resurrection, no angel, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledged them all. Then a great clamor rose, and some of the scribes of the Pharisees partly stood up and contended sharply. We find nothing wrong in this man. What if a spirit or an angel spoke to him? And when the dissension became violent, the tribune, afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him away from among them by force and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so must you testify also in Rome. When it was day, the Jews made a plot and bound themselves by an oath neither to eat nor drink, till they had killed Paul. There there were more than 40 who made this conspiracy. They went to the chief priests and elders and said, we have strictly bound ourselves by an oath to taste no food till we have killed Paul. Now, therefore, you along with the council, give notice to the tribune to bring him down to you as though you were going to determine his case more exactly. 
and when we are ready to kill him before he comes near. Now the son of Paul's sister heard of their ambush. So he went and entered, in, entered the barracks and told Paul. Paul called one of the centurions and said, take this young man to the tribune, for he has something to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the tribune and said, Paul, the prisoner called me and asked me to bring this young man to you, and he has something to say to you. The tribune took him by the hand and going aside, asked him, going aside, asked him privately, what is it that you have to tell me? And he said, the Jews have asked you to bring, the Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down to the council tomorrow as though they were going to inquire something more closely about him. But do not be persuaded by them. For more than 40 of them are lying in ambush for him who have bound themselves by an oath neither to eat nor drink till they have killed him. And now they are ready, waiting for your consent. So the tribune dismissed the young man, charging him, tell no one that you have informed me of these things. This is the word of God. It is given to us in love, and it, it is absolutely true and given to us in love. You may be seated. Join me for a quick word of prayer. Father, I pray that you would open our hearts and minds that we will hear from you. Father, I pray that you would give me clarity of thought and speech. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Recently, there was a slap that happened on the night of the Oscars. Chris Rock was hosting the show. Chris Rock told a joke about Jada Pickett Smith and her husband, Will Smith, thought the joke was inappropriate. And he went on stage and he slapped Chris Rock. That slap has been viewed millions and millions of times. They said that the morning after, nobody did any work on their jobs because they were all talking about the slap that was seen around the world. Today, we're going to see Paul also being slapped. But unlike Chris Rock, Paul was not making fun of anybody else. Paul was only speaking the truth about himself, which was deemed inappropriate by the high priest. Paul was on trial before the council for doing what he was called to do, is to share the good news of the gospel, the death, the birth, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ is the only way. So as we look at this scripture as Paul begins to speak, he says, as he begins to speak to the council, he says, brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience. Paul referred to these men as brothers. Uh, he referred to them as people that he wanted to have a good, close relationship with. He wanted them to he, he didn't go in to antagonize them. He referred to them as brothers, like, like we do. We, we refer to each other as brothers because we're in 
the same family, brothers and sisters. As Christians, we don't, we don't just say, you over there, we, that's my brother Dave, my, my brother Chip. Are y'all with me so far? We understand that we, we're connected by the blood, so we become brothers. While these men were not yet Paul's blood brothers, and some of them possibly never did become, he referred to them as brothers. They treated him as an enemy. They had already beaten him, uh, but yet he called them brothers. They treated him as an enemy. He did, not, he did not treat them as enemies. They despised Paul. He didn't treat them in a way that they would believe that he despised them. Brothers and sisters, we don't have to treat people the way they treat us. Dr. Martin Luther King said this, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. He also said hate cannot drive out hate. Only love could do that. Paul knew that if he responded in the way that they treated him, it would be less likely of a chance of him winning them over. So basically, Paul was hit in the mouth for saying, brothers, I have done nothing wrong. We need to learn, especially in our culture today, how to have a disagreement without falling out of a relationship. We ought to be able to have a disagreement where we don't verbally beat people up because they don't agree with us. Amen. This is what happens. Paul is simply saying that I've done nothing wrong. I've, I've, I've lived in good conscience before God, even up until this day. And so... They got mad, the high priest got mad, and he ordered men to strike Paul in the mouth. So how do we, how do we live in, in, in a world where we have disagreements with people and, and we stay in relationship with people? Dave told us last week that there are some essentials of our faith that we cannot and do not have the liberty to change. And it's in those cases that we need to stand firm in love. So I, I've been saying that a lot lately. We got to love one another. How, how do we love one another in tough situations? How do we love people who seem to go so hard against what we believe is right? No matter what side you're on, how do we love those people? It's very simple. It says it in the Word. When Paul was teaching, mean, when Christ was teaching, when Jesus was teaching, one of the rulers of the law, asked him a question to try to trick him. He said, Master, what is the greatest commandment? Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second one is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophet. It is simple. We got to love one another. We got to love God. We got to love ourselves. Then we can love others. It's simple. It's right there. We got to get these right. If we don't get these right, nothing else, nothing else really matters. We can't, we can't even function like we should. We can't love one another like we should if we do not get these right. He says, Everything else hangs on these two commandments. They depend on these two commandments. So Paul is simply saying, brothers, I have lived before God in all good conscience until this day. Now, when the priest heard that, when the high priest heard that, 
he commanded men to strike Paul and struck Paul right in the mouth. Y'all, that, that is something. That, 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 I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I love him. I love him. Are y'all with me? But I don't know if you strike me that I'm not going to want to strike you back. Hello? I'm just, I'm just telling the truth. Sister, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Y'all, come on now. I mean, I know, I know we're in church. We're in a church setting. But the first thing to say is, oh, I simply pray for that brother. Yeah, so, somebody understand it. You know, our, our first thing ain't to pray. Hello? If these fingers will claw, curl up. Hello? I know I'm not by myself. That, that ain't my first thought. Listen, I, I may have my hands open, but I'm trying to get them closed. So here, look, look, listen to this. Look at this scripture. It says this. Then Paul, when he, when he strikes Paul, he tells them to strike Paul. They hit Paul. Then Paul says to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed walls. Are you sitting to judge me according to the law? And yet, contrary to the law, you ordered me to be struck. Don't listen, Paul, 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 listen. He didn't hit him back, but he did hit him back. Hello, he, he didn't hit him physically, but Paul came at him like, hey, 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 watch yourself. Paul says, I'm not, listen, this is where Willie messes up. <laughs> Willie is ready to defend himself. Yes, yes. Willie is ready to take the matter into his own hands. Yes, but yes. Paul says, God is going to strike you. Whitewash. You whitewashed wall. Yes. Are y'all following me? Yes. Paul, Paul, Paul ain't just taking this now. Yes, Paul is decided. Yes. I'm going to let God handle yes, you. Jesus. That, listen, that, that'll help us. That'll help us. That'll help all of us, including me. Sometimes, y'all, you got to take something and let God handle it before you try to fix it. Now, Paul was in a situation where Paul couldn't beat 40 men. Hello? It was, y'all, we finna see that day. They went in at each other in a few minutes. So Paul said, God will strike you. Then they say, wait a minute. You can't talk like that to the high priest. You can't say that to the high priest. So immediately, amid him dressing this man down, amid him telling this man, you're going to get it. God going to get you. He slams on brakes. Why? Because Paul knew that it, it didn't matter if he agreed or not with the high priest. But the high priest was in a position that was to be honored. Paul says this, brothers, I did not know that he was the high priest. You shall, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. The high priest is, listen, I'm certain Paul might have thought that he was not the high priest because he violated the law. The only way Paul could be beaten or struck was he had to have a trial and he had to be found guilty yes. of what he was being accused of, yes. according to the law. Yes. So Paul said he cannot be, listen, he must not be yes. the person in the position of a high priest because he wouldn't have ordered them to hit me 
if he was doing what he was supposed to do. So right here, right here, Paul, Paul says, listen, I did not know he was the high priest. Y'all, it is okay for us to sometimes make, make listen, make amends for when you've done wrong. Hello? It is okay. It is okay to say my bad. Hello? Listen, that's what Paul was saying. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He the high priest? My bad. Hello? He, he say, hey, hey let, 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 let me get myself together. My mama would say, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Hello? He's talking to Paul. Say, wait a minute. He the high priest? My bad. I, Paul says, what Paul is also saying is that I know the law. And the law tells me that I can't disrespect him. Hello, because he is in a position of authority. Boy, in the country that we live in, if, if that, if, 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 listen, if we follow that rule, respect those that have authority over us. Pray for those that are in leadership above. What if that, what if that actually happened? Hello? But not here. Something happened that we don't like. Here we go on Twitter. Something like that we don't like. Here we go on Facebook. Hello? And we go and we go. We, we talk like we got authority. We talk. Man, I've heard, I've seen, I've read so many comments from people from, and I'm not talking about government issues. I'm just talking about anything. Boy, there's so many experts on social media. I don't know what to do. I mean, listen, somebody was talking about their health and somebody was on there giving instruction. And somebody responded, this person didn't even graduate high school. <laughs> but he's on social media giving medical instruction to people. People go to school for years and are trained medical professionals. And we are on Internet reading comments from people that didn't even graduate high school. That's what happens on social media. Everybody, everybody becomes the authority. Yeah, no, yeah, listen, y'all better stop finding your information out. You know, it's like going to jail. People in jail telling you how to defend your case. <laughs> Buddy, you in here because you didn't know how to defend your case. Because if you had the answer, you wouldn't be in here beside me. So sometimes, y'all, listen, it, it, is, it, is, it is one, it is okay for us to realize when we have stepped across the line that we should not have stepped. Yeah. So Paul realized that he has crossed the line that he should not. So Paul said, listen, I know, I know it's not right. Paul was saying, listen, the actions that I saw was that of a whitewashed wall. In other words, Paul was saying what I saw was somebody acting like a hypocrite. And a high priest ought not be a hypocrite. Isn't that something, y'all? So, so Paul, Paul was Certainly right in, in, in what he was saying. That it, listen, it, it looks like something, but it's really not. So Paul, Paul, Paul is saying that, that a high priest wouldn't do that. Brothers and sisters, there are some things Christians ought not do. Amen. We ought not tear one another down. We ought to be um, builders, not destroyers. As, as Christians, as believers, yes, yes, we stand firm on the truth, but we stand firm on the truth in love. So now, now, then once they get this straight, 
go to verse 6, and, and Paul looks in the room. <laughs> Paul scans around the room. He says, wait a minute. There's some Pharisees in here. Paul said, wait a minute. Brothers, brothers. Again, y'all hear that word? Now, listen, now, now he's trying to get close. Now, when I was a police officer, pulled over somebody, pulled over a black guy. Um, I was actually the backup on this call. And white officer and a black officer. White officer pulled the guy over. And the guy, the police was going to give him a ticket. There is no question. He deserved a ticket. He violated the law. He deserved a ticket. And so when I got there on the scene, the officer was writing the ticket. The black guy in the car looked out the window. He said, brother, let me holler at you a minute. <laughs> let, let me holler at you, brother. Yes. Yes, listen. So this is what Paul was doing. Paul was saying, brothers, let me holler at you. I am one of you. I am a Pharisee. My people is a Pharisee. Are y'all listening to me? My parents are Pharisees. So listen, I'm on trial because I believe like y'all believe. Are y'all with me? I believe in the resurrection. I believe in the afterlife. They don't. So what Paul is saying, don't let them kill me in here. Are y'all following me? Paul says, I am a Pharisee just like you are a Pharisee. So much so, the Pharisees didn't believe in the afterlife. I'm I'm sorry, the Sadducees did not believe in the afterlife. They only believed in the the books of the law, the Pentateuch. But the Pharisees believed in the afterlife. So Paul says, let me get these people on my side. So then some Pharisees jump up and do just what Paul wanted him to do. We find nothing wrong in this man. Amen. Ain't that something? Amen. Listen, Paul done used them people to his favor. Yes, yes. So now there's a big fight going on in that place. Y'all, they going back and forth, and the tribune sees what's happening, and he realized that Paul may be in danger. So he tells them, go in there, get Paul out of here, pull him out of here, take him by force. He said, don't go in there playing around, take him by force. If you got to beat him down, beat him down, but get Paul out of there. So Paul gets out of there. And so let's, let, 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 let me be very clear here. It ain't the tribune who gets credit for Paul's delivery. Amen? It's God. It is God who gets the credit for Paul being delivered because it's right there in the next verse. If you look at verse 11, verse 11 says this. Once they get him, they take him by force. They take him back to the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so must you testify also in Rome. That's good news right there. He said, I don't care what happened here. You got to go to Rome. Now, let me tell you something, y'all. There's nothing more refreshing than when you're in trouble. To have somebody come and pat you on the back and say everything is going to be all right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That you ever been going through and you had somebody to say, brother, I'm praying for you. Doesn't it give your your heart some type of joy? Doesn't it give you some type of release to know that you ain't on this journey by yourself, that somebody's out there with you? But let me tell you this. What you say to me pales into in comparison to the encouragement that the Lord gives. Listen, listen, what you say is good. Don't, 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 don't get me wrong. I appreciate it. 
But nothing's more refreshing, nothing more heart uplifting, nothing's more uplifting than knowing that God is with you. Amen. So he tells Paul, listen, you have testified to the facts about me. So what he said, Paul, you've told the truth about me in Jerusalem. Now I've got to, you will also testify me about me in in Jerusalem, in, in Rome. He tells him to take courage. He tells him to take courage. In other words, what he's saying is, listen, don't, don't worry about it. Just stand firm, even in the face of what's happening here, because you must go to Rome. You've got to testify me. Listen, be strong. That, that, this language of courage is the same wording that was used when Jesus says, he says, I say these things to you in John 16, that you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. It is the same type of language that he used when they were on the ship and, and they were caught in the storm and, and Jesus came walking on the sea. Once he gets in the boat, he tells them to take heart. Hard. It is I do not be afraid. So he was giving him some courage. He was giving him some comfort. He was letting them know that you are not here by yourself. I am with you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I am walking with you. Everything is going to be all right, y'all. That's good news. Ain't he all right? Isn't it good to know that you're not by yourself? That he's walking with you and he's talking with you and he tells you that he, you are his own. He puts his arms around you. He holds you tight. Listen, y'all, that there's no greater comfort than knowing that the Lord is with you. He says, take courage. This, this, this same Paul goes on to write later that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our, in our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in afflictions with the comfort which we ourselves have been comforted by, with, by God. Isn't that something? Paul says this is the same God. He will provide your comfort in the midst of affliction. Y'all, that's good stuff right there. That's, that's, that's knowing that you can call on him in your time of trouble, knowing that he's with you, knowing that he has not left you. That is good. Y'all, this is the same type of language that was talked about in, in Joshua chapter 1. When, when Moses died, the Lord uh, appeared to Joshua and told Joshua that as I was with my servant Moses, I shall also be with you. He tells him down in verse 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, be not frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That is good. He, he provides comfort, brothers and sisters. When we are doing what God has assigned for our hands to do, Come what may, we are never alone. He is with us. He is walking with us. God shows up with, to Joshua 
after Moses has died, and he tells him, be strong, for you will lead the Israelite into the promised land. Y'all, and if, and if we read, if we read, he was with, he was with Joshua from Jericho, <laughs> listen, from the battle of Jericho right into Canaan land. He was with him right into the promised land. Now, y'all, this is, this, this is good stuff because this is not the first time that the Lord had appeared to Paul. We see in Acts chapter uh, 18, one night the Lord spoke to him, do not be afraid, keep on speaking, do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one will lay a hand on you because I have many people in this city. Y'all, that is good. That is good. That, that is good for some of us to know right now. You ever feel like you're all alone? You're not alone. He is with you. God got many people, right, in this city. In this city. In this city. Look, in this city. Y'all, we, we, we turn on the news, and, and you, see, you see the city seems to be in an uproar. People killing one another. Crimes are running wild. But guess what? In this city, God got some people. In this city, there are folk praying for this city. Amen? So it's right here. He's, he tells Paul, don't be afraid, for I am with you, and no one will lay a hand because I have many people in the city. He also, in, in last week, um, lessons, he, he shows up to Paul, and he tells Paul, quickly get out of this place because these people won't hear me. Make haste. Get out of this city because they won't hear me. Also, in a, as we study some more, God's going to appear to him again. He's going to talk to him again. So, Paul, God has a way of constantly he was constantly reassuring Paul, telling Paul not to be afraid, telling Paul to take courage because he was with him. Y'all, we are never alone. God is always with us. God has a way that's mighty sweet. He's working, y'all, when we, see, we can't see him working. Amen? Because we're going to see him at work in the next couple of verses. So, so these men, now Paul has been taken into the barracks. They got him in there, and these men come together. They come together, and now they're going to plot to kill Paul. They got a scheme together. It's 40 men. These men have taken an oath not to eat. I wouldn't be a part of no plan, no plot. Well, you can't eat. Hello? Amen, amen. Y'all got to do that one without me. Y'all, y'all got to get somebody else on your team because about 1130. It's time to eat. Amen. So right there, right there, right there. So they get together. They're going to plot. They, these 40 men get together. They're going to plot. They're going to say, we're going to kill Paul. And so they come up with this plan. They say they're going to go to the, to the uh, tribune and tell the tribune that the tribune is the commander. He's the commander. He's the one watching. So they're going to tell him to uh, take Paul back to the place so he could he could uh, be inspected a little bit more, and we'll be waiting. And before he gets near the high priest, we're going to kill him. But look at this, man. Isn't God all right? Yeah, yeah. Because Paul's nephew, now, we ain't never heard nothing about Paul's family. That's right. That's nothing. Right. That's right, Pastor. Nothing. But Paul's nephew yeah, heard them. <laughs> Y'all, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I listen, yeah. I got many people in this city. You yeah. ain't by yourself. <laughs> Paul's nephew heard them. He said, well, hey, I can imagine him like, keep saying, he kind of leaning in. Y'all, 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 
Y'all ain't never been trying to hear something? Look, you make sure everything around you quiet and you kind of lean in a little bit. Because you want to hear, you want to you be exactly sure what you're hearing. So I can imagine Paul's nephew saying, wait a minute, they're talking about my uncle. We may not like him, but he's still my uncle. That's my mama's brother. Uh, are y'all following me? He's listening. He said, wait a minute. He's still my family. I can talk about him, but you can't. If anybody going to kill him, I'm going to kill him. You ain't. So he's listening. And he gets the story, and he sneaks into jail, y'all. That is all right with me. He risking his life. Paul is in the jail. They put him in jail in protective custody because people on the outside want to kill him. But his nephew hears that people are planning to kill him, so his nephew sneaks into jail. He goes into the barracks and tells Paul. He says, Uncle Paul. They trying to get you, Uncle Paul. They, they going to get you. And so he tells Paul the story. Paul yells for the centurion. He calls him for the guard. He say, take this young man. He don't say, take my nephew. You ain't got to tell them everything. You, you ain't got to tell them everything. They ain't got to know them your kin folk. Take this young man to the tribune. And he has something to tell him. And he goes and, and takes him to the tribune. The centurion say, Paul called me and said, this young man got something to say to you. Listen, listen to how this works. The tribune didn't say, go ahead, tell me. He said, come walk with me. Yeah. Hey, listen, get away from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. They go for a walk. He yeah. tell him what's happening. He said, okay, I got you. Hello? Yeah, I got you. He says, don't you tell nobody that you told me this. Isn't that good, y'all? Yeah, yeah. Listen, God got people that be working for you <laughs> because he working through them. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You don't have to treat people how they treat you. You, you just keep letting God work through you. Yeah, let God do this. And God will have people that are work for you and don't know why they're working for you. <laughs> yeah. Listen, the trap you say, don't tell nobody. I don't want to tell y'all what's going to happen next week. Because I'm going to let Dave tell y'all what's going to happen next week. But y'all, it's good stuff here. Uh-huh. I, if I was y'all, I'd come back. <laughs> I wouldn't I would miss next week. Yeah, yeah. Listen, because they got 40. I'm going to at least tell you this. They got 40. He's going to have a couple hundred. Uh-huh. Listen, this, that, that ain't a fair fight. No, it Listen, after all, Paul has to go to Rome. You know how I know? Because the Lord says so. That's right. Listen, so you already know what's going to happen. Paul is going to Rome. So, brothers and sisters, this is right here. It is right here. God is at work. God shows up and he comforts you. He comforts Paul. Y'all, on this journey, on this journey, man, I've read so many articles about pastors leaving ministry over the last couple of years because it's gotten hard. No, nobody trying to kill them, but it's just gotten hard. Sometimes you need somebody to say an encouraging word to tell you to keep going. Sometimes you think like, God, is anything ever going to go right for me? 
Why is there trouble all around me? God got people around that can give a word to you. Just, just a pat on the back. Sometimes folk ain't got to say nothing. They can just show up. Pat you on the back and it'll make a world of difference. Sometimes they can embrace you. And you know that that embrace wasn't them alone. Are y'all following me? So God shows up for Paul and he tells Paul that everything's going to be all right. Just like you've testified about me in Jerusalem, you must testify me about me in Rome. So think about this, y'all. Paul, Paul yelled at the high priest. He didn't know it was the high priest. Paul immediately corrected his wrong. Amen? He corrected his wrong, y'all. Maybe we need to correct some wrongs. Maybe we need to correct some wrongs. Maybe maybe we need to say, my bad. Brother, I love you. Brother, that was my bad. I I was having a bad moment then. Anybody in here had a bad moment? That you said some stuff that you wish you could get back? Hello? You ever looked at somebody's think and they saw you looking? <laughs> and you ain't correct your look? Uh, uh, uh. Y'all, it, it is okay to correct your wrong. Yes, it is. Listen, Paul was doing what God told him to do, and he still swayed off. But Paul corrected that thing. Yes, he did. So, brothers and sisters, in, 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 in here, I'm talking to us. If we need to correct something, Let's not be too stout-hearted. Let's just say, my bad. You my brother, you my sister, and I love you. And let God work. Because you see it. You see it. Paul, listen, I don't know what would have happened had Paul kept going. But I do know what I saw. Paul corrected himself. Not, not, not so God could do anything. Paul corrected himself because he knew what the right thing was to do. Because, not because he was looking for anything from God, but because he knew what the right thing to do was. So he did it. Even if, even if the culture don't think it's right, if God think it's right, do it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today, for being our God, being our strength. We thank you, God, for never leaving us alone. We thank you, God, that we know that you are at work even when we can't see it, even when we think we're all alone, even when we think we're in a prison and there's no chance of freedom and that there's no chance of deliverance for us. Thank you for God for working in our lives and encouraging us and being our hope in hopeless situations. God, we are so grateful to be called your children. So Father, as we seek to do your will, help us be, to be quick to amend our wrongs and help us totally rely on you for our strength for our deliverance. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Christ Church in town, please visit our website at ChristChurchInTown.org. Thank you.